Alex Pearson, great to have you with us. Let's talk about marijuana, shall we? Because, you know, we are now just a few months away from legalization, but there's still a lot of uh, confusion about how it is, in fact, going to be rolled out. When will it be rolled out? And then, of course, the confusion around who, you know, what you do if you use medicinal marijuana. Because I think while the rest of us will be able to go off to the store and get our own uh, recreational pot, those who actually need it for medicinal purposes still have to jump through hoops. Right now, if you use medicinal, you've got to have a license, and then you have to um, mail it out and get it back. It takes time. My next guest is a medicinal user. He is a former professional hockey player who uses it for injuries he suffered on the ice, things like concussions. But soon it's going to be even cheaper and easier for him if he just goes and gets a recreational stuff instead of, you know, waiting for it to arrive in the mail. Rob Frid joins us now. He is a former hockey player, played for the London Knights, by the way. And Adam Oldfield, who normally comes on to talk about tech stuff, but he's traded in his tech hat and uh, has created a website aimed at lobbying the government to make sure that changes are needed to help those in the medicinal industry. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Alex. So I'm going to start hey, thanks, with Alex. I'm going to start with the hockey player because everyone always prefers a hockey player. Sorry, Adam, but um, Rob, why is it that you need medicinal marijuana, and what are the challenges right now for you to get it? Hey, yeah, thanks, Alex and Adam for having me on. Um, yeah, it's uh, I am a former uh, professional hockey player. I played with the London Knights, and uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah, yeah, I was left with some uh, long-lasting injuries. Uh, I have neuromuscular disease, and some neurologists think I have early-onset Parkinson's. So I use cannabis to alleviate uh, uh, muscle spasms, mm-hmm. cramping, and the use of chronic pain. Um, uh, cannabis was uh, prescribed to me from Par- Parkwood Hospital in London, Ontario, about six years ago. And it really, yeah, it really helps, right? And uh I've had a very difficult time uh, the past few years. Uh, like anybody that gets sick, uh, you end up losing your employment. Um, you end up, uh, you know, some have family issues and things like that. But uh, cannabis has always worked for me. But I, I found the difficulties uh, of affording it, uh, not only affording it, and then being forced onto low-level disability, there isn't really an option, right? Uh, it's very sporadic when I can use it properly. And uh, now with with what's happening um, you know, I, I can get it in the mail through American, who's my provider. It's a government provider, but uh, it, the access still isn't there when when people that are on disability and even private insurance too, because they don't cover it. So there there is a lot of issues. I, I work with an organization called Athletes for Care out out of the United States and now in Canada, where we're an organization that helps support retired athletes and and coping with the challenges that I face and. Really, what uh, a lot of people face and regular people with disability, disease, uh, the whole nine yards, and how cannabis can can be used uh, on all fronts in a lot of different uh, uh, diseases and disabilities. So, it, yeah, it's very difficult to to afford it for one thing, and then the access to yeah. and, and waiting in the mail and things like that. But you know, I can answer anything that you're gonna ask me here tonight about it. Well, you know, in a couple of months, I'll be able to go to the store and buy it, uh, you know, from a government uh, depot, essentially. But a guy like you will simply have to wait for it in the mail. That makes no sense to me. So it's clear that the federal government 
didn't come up with a plan for medicinal users like yourself. So it begs the question, yeah. will you then start using this stuff that everyone else buys for recreational? Well, that's the other difficulty, Alex, is that uh, a lot a lot of us uh, medical patients, uh, you know, we're prescribed it uh, and in certain strains and, and strain specifics help for different things like Parkinson's, MS. I've got dystonia, which is the neuromuscular part of it, and and uh, that type of strain won't be available for me to walk into, say, an LCBO where they're going to provide it and like that. So, yeah, we're going to be forced into a situation where we're still going to have to order. But again, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about the difficulties that we're even having today before the laws have come in for the medicinal patient. And it, it, it's, it comes down to the difficulties affording it. Um, the oils that, that, that really help me, uh, they're very expensive and uh, sometimes can cost up to nearly $1,400 a month. And wow. you guys know what patients uh, make with ODSP, what they bring in for their income disability support program and CPP disability, and it's just not there. So a lot of uh, medicinal patients suffer even today. Mm -hmm. And the new laws aren't going to change anything. They're going to make things even more difficult. And I believe that the government's going to profit a ton of money. We're talking millions and billions off the recreational part of things, Alex. So I believe that there should be a, a cannabis support platform and a program built by the government where they're taking some of the recreational profits that they're going to put in their pockets and then allow the, the medicinal patients to possibly get free cannabis. And then you're going to see people really thrive with disabilities. Okay, so that's where you come in, Adam, because um, you're trying to help get the word out uh, on medicinal cannabis. I mean, it's almost mind-baffling to me that they have not come up yet with a, a plan for medicinal users to be able to go and buy it more, more easily. Well, and, and exactly, Alex. I think, you know what, uh, when, when I heard about what was going on, I know that there's a lot of, you know, announcements and so forth with regards to the recreational. The big thing for me is the medicinal. It's been, in my opinion, lost in the shuffle. And it really did kickstart the whole uh, cannabis revolution, if you will. And there's a few things that are really uh, concerning a lot of what Rob has brought up. But also, I'd like to bring up the fact that the access, which you, you've addressed, uh, is key, identifying the difference between what is medicinal to what is recreational. And again, Rob gave a very good example of where a product he needs, particularly, uh, he can't go to uh, the, the local uh, liquor board to be able to pick it up. Mm -hmm. He has to be able to send it in the mail and wait for a licensed producer to be able to ship it to, to him. And I like to use the example of if you've got a migraine, you're not going to put your medical uh, doctor note in the mail and ship it off and hope you cure your migraine in 10 days from now. So the, the key thing from my standpoint is that I, I, I got behind uh, this, this, this group. I put a website together called Medicinal My Way, and it's an opportunity to speak out and send a message to the government exactly pointing these issues. Number one is access. Having access easier, uh, making it simple for those that are, are uh, given a prescription to get it uh, simple for them. Number two, which is not being brought up, is the fact that, as Rob indicated, the cost for cannabis is quite expensive, and now they're going to lump it into the taxation side. So we're going to be seeing everyone's medicine, which, by the way, prescription medicine is not taxed, 
uh, is going to be lumped into this recreational uh, uh, product, and it's going to be taxed. Yeah, of course. And I've got a problem with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to get uh, my message out, and I'm trying to get uh, on the patient's behalf, such as Rob. And that's how, actually, Rob got connected with me. I launched the site. I sent it out in social media. He immediately saw it. He, he submitted a letter, and we got connected on this. Um, and that's sort of how we, we started this bandwagon. Yeah, and the problem is, as you both know, uh, bureaucracy tends to move at a glacial pace. And while the rollout is going to be marred, I think, with a lot of confusion, as we're already starting to see, the medicinal side of this thing, I don't even think, has been thought of. And so it could take some time to to correct this. Adam, I'll give that to you, and then I'll, and then I'll come back for your response, uh, Rob. My, my, my issue on the fact of what you said exactly that, Alex, is that it's almost like they take forever to move, and, and it's been years that it's been uh, licensed on the federal level, as we know that it is licensed and allowed to be uh, uh, grown by a federal uh, producer. However, the, the real issue is that they're rushing through now. They're pushing through quickly through Parliament on a recreational side, and no one's balancing the difference between the two. That's my big concern and i want to be able to make a voice stronger to the uh, to the government and the fed level level to uh, to help put some structure together so it doesn't get out of control too soon rob uh, just before right. i let you go because i I, uh, I don't have a lot of time i mean your message yeah. obviously is to the medicinal community but what would you want uh, people at large to understand about the access well yeah adam hit it right on the point there but access needs to be there but we have to really look at the government and we have to put them on standby too and and look at you know we've got an opiate crisis it's right across the planet you know very rampant in the u.s here in canada you know what i i am on low-level narcotics um i can go and pick up my prescription at shoppers and i don't get taxed uh you know for pain control cannabis it does wonders, right? But they, they're out here trying to solve an opiate crisis, and they're putting so much money and attention to that when it's a simple fix, too, right? Uh, allow medical patients to access cannabis properly, make it more affordable, and then maybe, you know, uh, people will have options instead of being forced on a, on a high-level narcotic or opiate uh, and then becoming tolerant and then becoming sick when, when cannabis can actually alleviate a lot of those symptoms too, right? And, and really help uh, people with disabilities thrive. I've been able to see both because I've been working with the hospital for several years and, and they gave me both medications in conjunction with each other. So I've seen the benefits of both, but now, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's gotten ridiculous. And now we're headed into a stage here where we're basically having full legalization yeah. and the government's doing nothing for patients. Okay, I've got to leave it there. The website is medicinalmyway.ca. That'll give you all the information. But an interesting uh, conversation. I thank you both for joining me. Thanks, Alex. That is Rob Frid, uh, someone who relies on medicinal marijuana, giving you some insight into a world he can't get access to. But hey, in a couple of months.